Welcome to this month's episode of the Doctors for the Environment Australia podcast, a podcast where we discuss topical issues related to the environment and health. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land and pay our respect to Elders past, present and emerging. Our podcast is recorded all over Australia and so we take this opportunity to ask people to reflect on the country they live on and the special places they value. And I'm Kaya. I'm a public health registrar in Canberra on Ngunnawal Country. And I'm an emergency registrar based on the Sunshine Coast on Gubby Gubby Country. And we are the hosts of the DEA podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for another monthly instalment. Hello, Karen. Welcome to 2022. I know. It's excellent. We're here for another year of the podcast. How good, how good. Um, how was your New Year? It was pretty chilled out. How about yours? It was good. Uh, I worked over that period of time and over the last few weeks I've just been packing up everything because I'm going to be moving to Alice Springs, the Mubantua area of the Arunda people, which I'm super excited for. It's extremely hot out there. I did a drive recently and it was up at 47 degrees, so I'm going to have to acclimatized to that i know i'm really excited to hear how it goes and actually i've been meaning to visit for a very long time so maybe yeah, we'll see perfect please yeah, do that do, would be wonderful we could do an episode in person perfect shall we talk about good environmental habit changes yeah i thought instead of like jumping straight to what our new year's resolutions were we should acknowledge our successes to begin with mm. what successes did you have last year <laughs> okay so this is really really small I did eat more sardines <laughs> after nice. our episode about the diet and the climate. Um, that was probably one of my big wins. Like just learning more about um, how food impacts the environment was good. And I tried a few different things, like different types of milk and that kind of stuff. But mm. I think that one, learning more about seafood was the one that kind of stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was the same for me, actually, the food episode. Um, was really good. That's something I was working on last year is reducing the amount of plastic that I use and trying to buy more local food. So going to the markets a lot more, which has been really enjoyable. And then I guess the other thing has been trying to reduce the amount of sugar in my diet from a health point of view, but then also from a sustainable point of view, because I think what we were talking about in that food episode, a lot of the time, the things that are packaged or not that good for you are also not that good for the planet. So it seemed kind of like a double win trying to remove the sugary items it's really challenging i know really it was really disappointing to learn addiction. that wasn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was so disappointed to hear that discretionary food items make up 30 percent of our diet it's wild and then i was like oh yeah i guess i really don't need to eat that so most processing yeah so it's it is an easy win if you can take it out of your diet but it's hard absolutely um, what are we going to be talking about today in the podcast? So um, today what we're going to be talking about is the Healthy Environments and Lives Network. So it's a new national network bringing together experts in environmental change. 
So not just climate change, but also in pollution and biodiversity loss mm. and focusing on how environmental health impacts on health. So it's bringing across um, experts from across the country and it's um, great because it's got $10 million of funding from NHMRC and then additional funding from its really wide um, number of partners. And so today we're going to be talking to Dr. Satiris Fadulakis about the new network. So he's the director of the network. Um, he's a professor of global health at the Australian National University. Awesome. I'm so excited. Their acronym is HEAL, which I think is such an epic acronym for a group. Um, and I'm also really keen to talk about how the network sort of centres Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voices, which I think is incredible um, and very timely. Yeah, it sounds like there's been a lot of engagement that's gone on throughout the development of it, um, including with DEA. So that's excellent. <laughs> we can hear about what DEA can do or how DEA members can be part of the network and set to date. So, yeah, really excited to talk to him today about that. Cool. Let's get into it. So welcome to the show, Satiris. It's great to have you here. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting me to, to your program. It's a pleasure. It's great. So we're really um, keen to hear about the HEAL Network and um, talk about really what the purpose of it is and who's going to be involved. And then I guess talk a little bit about how DEA members uh, might benefit from it or get involved as well. So maybe should we just start hearing a little bit about um, what the vision of the HEAL Network is? So thank, thank you very much again for inviting me to talk at, at your program. The, uh, very, very pleased to, to outline the, the vision of the HEAL Network, which stands for Health Environments and Life, and aims to catalyze research, knowledge exchange, and translation policy and practice that will bring measurable improvement to our health, the Australian health system, and the environment. Coming up with HEAL for the acronym is really so wonderful. How did the idea of the network come about? The, the title of the network, HEAL, is, is very meaningful to us, so it stands for Health Environments and Lives, but also um, it, it emphasizes the, the Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander uh, inspiration and uh, mm. knowledges that we bring into the network. Uh, we, uh, I have to say that the Indigenous knowledges is, is the cornerstone of the, of the network, and, and uh, we have a very active and diverse group of uh, researchers and practitioners and stakeholders from uh, Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander communities from across Australia. Uh, who have been uh, um, crucial in developing the network. The, we have uh, we're establishing a, a steering group, uh, indigenous uh, steering group, uh, which will uh, steer, as the, as the word says, in, in many ways, and inspire and inform and advise the, the network and make sure that uh, we have a respectful um, bringing together of the Aboriginal indigenous knowledges and, uh, and Western knowledge and science and data. I think that's something that's so special about this network as well because it's I think it's been a long time coming having more Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people centred at these conversations, so it's it's really exciting. Uh, absolutely, and and we feel that um, these aspects of Indigenous knowledge have not been included in previous assessments. So there there have been a number of national assessments on on climate change and environmental health, um, very much from a Western science perspective and. Uh, in many cases, these assessments have been top-down. Um, mm. It means that uh, you know, uh, uh, the good and the great, the 
are meeting to design research programs or, or to assess the, the data. But we feel that what we want to do differently here is to have a, a, a bottom-up approach, to have very much the grassroots uh, mm. organizations, communities, indigenous uh, organizations, uh, citizen scientists involved in the design and, uh, and co-production of research and translation of research into policy and practice. So we want very much to take a different approach, uh, which is uh, uh, more community-based. And, and actually, one of the key elements of the of the Hill Network is uh, the communities of practice that we were establishing in all states and territories. So there will be a number of communities of practice which will bring together uh, researchers, community leaders, uh, citizen scientists, policymakers, businesses, charities in all uh, in all jurisdictions, and they will um, develop what we call uh, an environmental health needs uh, assessment. So to, to identify what are the specific needs for those communities, what are specific needs for uh, these jurisdictions in terms, of, in terms of evidence that can be then translated into policy and practice. Exciting. Absolutely. And we, and we very much want to focus on solutions. So we very much want to focus on actionable solutions that will make a difference uh, in people's lives. So um, it sounds like there's a lot of work to do, but what kinds of areas do you see the network it's a, it's a very diverse uh, program of work. Uh, it's broader than climate change and health. We call it environmental change and health. So that includes all climate change, extreme events, environmental pollution, biodiversity loss, etc. And we're looking at uh, aspects which are relevant to uh, communities, urban areas, remote communities, uh, rural communities, but also more specifically to the uh, focusing on the health sector. Uh, and that includes the resilience of the health sector to extreme events and environmental stressors, but also the, the footprint, uh, the environmental and carbon footprint of the health sector. So we will be aiming to mitigate the risk, but also to reduce the impact of the, of the health sector uh, on, on the environment and on, on carbon emissions more, more specifically. There are a number of areas of research. Uh, a lot of the work will be based on, on uh, extensive consultation, but we have already identified uh, a number of themes, uh, which uh, will be the initial focus of the network. The, the, the themes that we have at the moment in the network are uh, indigenous knowledge systems, uh, data and decision support systems, and science communication. So these are three cross-cutting themes. And then we have some more specific themes on bushfires, air pollution, and extreme events, for food, soil, and water security, biosecurity and emerging infections, urban health and built environment, rural and remote health, and uh, at-risk populations and life core solutions, so focusing more specifically on populations at risk, like uh, uh, young children, um, uh, pregnant people, uh, the elderly, people with pre-existing illnesses. Mm. It sounds like a lot of the initial work of the Hill Network is really sort of collecting information and understanding the systems how are you going to implement change in those areas? Like, how will it translate from research to change in communities? This is very much the focus of the, of the, of the work we want to do. Uh, so there will be an element which is more descriptive research, assessment of the impacts, assessment of the risk factors, quantification, uh, mapping of, uh, of um, vulnerability indicators, for example. But most importantly, we'll focus on... Uh, 
assessing and evaluating solutions, uh, interventions, policies in different sectors, in different environments, which can bring benefits for health, benefits for the environment, and benefits for, for the economy as well. Uh, and um, and we we want to make sure that these uh, solutions are actionable, mm. so they're realistic and can be implemented in practice uh, in different in different communities and different different sectors. We we have a a strong focus on on the translation aspects of of the of the research. Uh, that's why one of the key um, one of the key themes. Uh, cross-cutting themes in science communication, and and that also includes uh, interaction with the policy stakeholders, uh, um, and and of course we we have a number of uh, um, policy stakeholders already already involved in the network in an advisory capacity, and that includes health departments, uh, environmental protection agencies, uh, uh, data custodians, and uh, and and local authorities. So it's very important for us to uh, to co-design with the, the, the program of research with these end users and make sure that uh, the, the solutions we're uh, evaluating, the solutions we're providing are, are, are actually uh, implementable in, in practice. So I guess relevant for DEA, would that be, for example, some of the solutions might be how we do um, reduce the greenhouse gas emissions in healthcare? That, that's right. So uh, as I mentioned, one of the Key themes is the health systems resilience and sustainability. That includes two aspects. One aspect is uh, reducing the uh, the carbon and environmental footprint of the of the health sector, uh, meaning uh, carbon emissions, uh, waste uh, in terms of um, single use items or uh, unnecessary pathology testing or or, or gases or other um, resources and. Uh, uh, which are used in the health sector, also reduction of uh, unnecessary visits and, and uh, transport, uh, and emissions also that comes from from uh, um, uh, the building infrastructure of the, of the health sector. So all all these aspects are within the the, the remit of the of the of the of this theme of the network, and we'll try to find uh, interventions that will reduce emissions uh, and and also identify the places that. Where we can make more, where we can have more most impact. So we can where we can make a real difference in terms of redu- reductions of emissions. The research areas are so diverse. It sounds like there must be a large number of different types of partners and experts. Can you just give us a little rundown on the kinds of people who are going to be involved in the network? Uh, absolutely. Just to um, follow up the previous point, I, I would like. I would like to mention also that when we look at the health sector, we are also looking at resilience of the health sector to extreme events and, and uh, environmental stressors. So we're all f- familiar with the, with the impacts of, of bushfires on, on, on the health system, the, the, the floods, the recent floods in Queensland, uh, bushfires in Western Australia, extreme heat in other parts of the country, uh, high, high pollen levels. So the, there are... Uh, Multiple environmental stressors which have an impact on on the delivery of, of health services, and this is also a key aspect of, of the network. Mm. Well, that's really interesting. I um, I think on an earlier podcast I explained when I was um, working rurally, the hospital that I was at was in an area really badly affected by drought, and at one point we were considering whether all elective surgeries would have to be cancelled because there wasn't enough water to do um, sterilisation 
autoclaving procedures or um, just have enough water in the hospital. So I think we've all kind of experienced firsthand how vulnerable our healthcare system can be to extreme weather events. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and this is likely to intensify in the future. Uh, we've seen, of course, the extreme bushfires in the past, in the recent past, uh, uh, extreme drought. We have La Nina this year uh, with more floods. Uh, um, the weather is becoming more unpredictable. And, and it's likely to see, to see more, um, that we'll see more of these uh, extreme, uh, extreme weather events under climate change scenarios in the future. And, and I think it's worth highlighting that the stable climate is, is fundamental. It's a fundamental determinant, determinant of health. Same as good uh, food, nutrition, uh, clean water, clean air. So we need to ensure that these uh, um, climatic extremes are not impacting the, the, the delivery of health services. Addressing the, going back to the question about um, the coalition of partners in, in the Hill Network, it's it's a, it's a very broad coalition uh, that includes researchers, but not only. Uh, as I mentioned, it also includes communities, uh, local communities, uh, charities, businesses, and and importantly, uh, the health departments, environmental protection authorities in all states and and, uh, and territories. We, as I said, the cornerstone of the of the network is the uh, indigenous organizations which are involved uh, uh, in, in Hill and uh, um, they, they provided advice and support to when we designed the network in the first place and, and they will have a, a key uh, input into the co-design and, and development of the research uh, and translation practice. So this is absolutely fundamental. We also engaged extensively with data providers uh, from uh, different parts of the of the country and also uh, uh, national uh, data providers and, and institutes. Uh, and these have a key role in, in the network and we'll continue engaging with them. Just to mention a few, uh, we have uh, extensive collaboration with the, um, the Australian List of Health and Welfare uh, the Australian Data Archive, the Population Health Research Network, and also the Australian Urban Research Infrastructure Network, and the SACS Institute uh, uh, securing unified research environments. So there are plenty of uh, um, uh, networks and research infrastructure which are not entirely connected at the moment, and hopefully with the Hill Network we can bring uh, more uh, coherence and, and harmonization into the way these uh, data providers uh, uh, are making data available and, and, uh, and ensure that these data are um, used in the network uh, in the best possible way and made available to our uh, stakeholders and end users. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense because Tackling the issue of climate change and improving the environments we live in is something that requires everyone to buy in to be able to do it. And I think we haven't, there's a lot of individual parties that are working together, but it's, it's really wonderful to see groups coming about and sort of making it more cohesive so that everyone can work together to try and tackle this. Um, I guess the, the other question I had for you was how are you funding all of this work? That's that's a very good question, and uh, 
uh, of course, we have the the, the initial funding from NHMRC, uh, which is ten million over five years, uh, and we also have um, contributions from uh, our partners, so in cash and in kind. So uh, overall, we have another uh, we have collected um, another uh, fourteen million dollars in in cash and in and in kind contributions from uh, uh, other organizations. So we have a very good. You know, a very good basis to build yeah. on. It sounds like it sounds like a lot of money, but when we think uh, about um, this the size and the scale of the network and the scale of the challenge, it's not it's not uh, it's not a it's not a huge amount of money. We have we have hundred investigators, named investigators in Hill, and uh, around thirty institutions involved. So over five years, if we do the maths, it's not a lot of money to distribute across across the network. And one of the key uh, uh, challenges and opportunities for us is to uh, to build on this initial investment from NHMRC and from our partners to to bring in more resources from uh, competitive research funding sources, from uh, philanthropy, from uh, from government, from businesses, from other uh, funders, both nationally and internationally, to um, to fund these research programs uh, that I mentioned across the themes that we have already in place, but also to design um, community programs, uh, projects with uh, with citizen scientists, with schools, with uh, indigenous communities, which uh, will have the potential to make a difference on the ground. One, one of the key elements of the of the program is to to develop a, a pilot a sustainable health uh, unit. Mm-hmm. Which is a proposal um, uh, championed by doctors uh, for the environment Australia, and uh, of course that will require significant investment beyond uh, the current investment from NHMRC and our partners. So we we want to uh, co-design this sustainable health unit, uh, which could be uh, eventually at national scale, but initially um, uh, could be a pilot unit, and and see how we can. Uh, uh, how we can attract more resources to make this happen. We have a very uh, good collaborations uh, with the uh, uh, for the Environment, uh, the Climate and Health Alliance, the uh, Australian uh, Healthcare and Hospital Association, and a number of other key stakeholders in this space who who, uh, who are key players and, and, and of course are involved in, in the Hill Network. So we're, we're very... Um, uh, very, very keen and very optimistic that uh, we'll have a, a pilot, uh, a pilot sustainable health unit in place in in the coming years, and hopefully this will uh, uh, instigate more investment from government and other other sources to to develop this uh, um, to to develop to develop this unit. As we know from um, overseas, like the NHS, its sustainable healthcare unit has saved the country millions. Millions. That, that's right. So there is a huge potential to not, not only to reduce the carbon footprint of the health sector and, and protect health and improve the resilience of the of, of the health services, but also to um, to to bring financial benefits, financial savings uh, for for health services. And as you said, you've seen that uh, from uh, NHS in England. Uh, before moving to Australia, I was involved in in the NHS uh, System Development Unit, uh, and and this has expanded over the years. There is recognition uh, in in the UK, but internationally as well uh, that uh, 
this is the way to go. This is uh, this is a win win win. So it's, it's a triple bottom line uh, of uh, uh, providing, uh, realizing uh, benefits in terms of uh, health protection, the environment, and the economy. And and this is very much, uh, I think, the direction of travel for 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 the Australia Health Services. That's excellent. Um, for our listeners and DA members, how do you anticipate that they may be able to get involved in the HEAL network? There are multiple ways uh, for um, members of Doctors for the Environment to, to get involved in, in HEAL. Uh, in the first place, there, there will be a number of consultations. So there will be consultative processes to uh, uh, that will... Uh, uh, allow uh, members to have an input into the design of of, uh, of research programs, identifying priorities, identifying needs uh, uh, for health services, for health de- services delivery. And uh, this could be part of roundtable discussion surveys, uh, um, discussions through representative bodies, etc. Uh, in terms of uh, research uh, development, there will be opportunities to uh, have involvement in research projects, specific research projects. This could be similar to citizen science projects with doctors uh, potentially collecting data um, from from their service uh, units in terms of uh, uh, utilization of of, um, equipment, single-use equipment, uh, reusable equipment or... uh, the consumption of energy, generation of waste, uh, etc. So there will be an element of uh, collecting data and um, and developing or contributing to the development of uh, uh, systems like uh, life cycle analysis uh, systems that will uh, uh, use this data to identify areas of uh, potential improvement where savings can be made in, in, in the most efficient uh, and effective way. Another crucial part of uh, uh, of HIL where uh, doctors uh, for the environment, members of the organization can have an input is uh, um, the development of uh, research capacity and, and training. The, we are very uh, keen to see uh, uh, environmental health, uh, sustainable development, climate change uh, uh, as core parts of the uh, training and education of, of, uh, of new doctors. And uh, there is a lot of potential there through the development of, of curricula with the medical colleges, but also with academic institutions. And also the development of um, targeted um, executive courses, master classes for uh, health professionals, uh, medical doctors on on sustainable development, leadership and and environmental health. The the medical community, the clinicians, as well as public health um, practitioners um, are key ambassadors for for sustainable development and environmental health. There are trusted uh, voices in our communities. and, and our objective is to uh, give them the tools, to give them the, the evidence that they need to make uh, informed choices, in, uh, make, take informed decisions in terms of uh, utilization of resources, investment, uh, uh, in terms of um, 
improving the resilience of the system, uh, strengthen resilience, uh, and uh, and eventually improving health, improving health and, and reduces uh, and, and reducing waste and, and the impact on the environment. Yeah. The other thing I saw when I was reading up about the Heal Network is that is there a conference associated with it? We have uh, uh, an, an, an annual conference, so that's part of our program. Mm. So we, we had our first, um, uh, the inaugural conference of the Hill Network in, in November. That was just after the announcement of the NHMRC uh, grant uh, to, to the Hill Network. And it was, um, it, 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 it was a great event. We had uh, around 900 uh, participants. We had um, over 100 um, speakers. Uh, multiple panel discussions. It, it was very much a hybrid event. So uh, we, we, we certainly want to uh, walk the talk, uh, walk the line and make sure that we are consistent with what we, uh, um, what we ask other people to do. So we designed the event as a, as a zero carbon event. Uh, so it was fully online with um, uh, face-to-face meetings in some jurisdictions so with, uh, with local participants only. When will there be another conference this year? And if so, what time? We're, we're going to have a, our next annual conference uh, later in the year, probably around the same time as last year, around November, November 2022, with more time and then more resources to organize the event uh, this year. Uh, the, the website and the uh, audio recordings, video recordings, uh, all the presentations from, from last year are, are available on the Hill 2021 website, so uh, there are uh, free access, and uh, and uh, I will uh, I will encourage everybody to to look at those recordings. I think they're very inspirational um, and uh, very much focused on on the, on the, on solutions and what we need to do, what we need to do differently to instigate change in in research and practice in environmental health and, and climate change sustainability research. That's great. How can people stay up to date with what's happening in the Heal Network? One of the key uh, uh, elements of the network is what we call the Heal Observatory. So this, of course, uh, is still to to develop. So uh, this is uh, a knowledge action uh, exchange forum. And uh, so that that Heal will have an online presence through the Heal Observatory. Uh, there will be a forum for uh, exchanging ideas for members and non-members. Also, uh, there, w- there will be uh, access to data sets, uh, methods, fact sheets, uh, uh, training, training packages, etc. So that that will be one of the key resources of the network, still to be developed. But in the first place, the the way to uh, uh, to uh, keep engagement and involvement with the with the Hill network is through uh, your organization, Dogs for the Environment, and other partner organizations, and also the the local uh, communities of practice, uh, which uh, are set up already in some parts of the country, or they will be uh, set up in the in the coming in the coming months. So these these uh, communities of practice will meet uh, on a, at least on a quarterly basis, and uh, and uh, doctors, members of uh, of the organization. Uh, Members of other organisations and, and the research from across Australia can be part of the of the of this community practice. 
a lot of the work is going to be online. A lot of the meetings will be online or, or hybrid. Um, we'll try, of course, to meet, minimize any 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 risks related to COVID-19. Uh, uh, take all the necessary precautions and also minimize uh, carbon emissions, minimize travel and waste. So uh, we make sure that the the meetings and uh, and activities of the network are run in a very sustainable and safe way. Cool. And just so if if I'm interested in becoming in, involved in the Hill Network in the Northern Territory, how would I go about doing that? One way is to get in touch with uh, with me or one of, of my colleagues or one of the other members of the network. Uh, um, the the leadership and uh, the regional leads and the theme leads of the network uh, um, can be found on the on the Kill 2021 conference website. So as I said, there will be soon an, another uh, website for the Hill Observatory. But in the first place, the Hill 2021 website is the the first port of, of call uh, for everybody who's interested in the network. So please do get in touch with the regional leads, with the theme leads in the areas you are interested in, and also with doctors for the environment who are uh, uh, closely involved in the, in the HIL network. Perfect. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about that we haven't covered? One, one of the aspects I would like to also emphasize is that um, there are many uh, organizations, the many research groups uh, which are uh, active in this area of work uh, in environmental change and health, climate change and health. There are many initiatives. Uh, HIL is a very open network and very democratic. We want to be inclusive. We want to uh, be able to involve everybody who is interested in this area of work and, and find a way uh, um, to generally co collaborate and, and make decisions uh, democratically, distribute, distribute our, our resources uh, uh, based on the transparent process and, uh, and ensure that we increase capacity and capability in environmental health research and practice in Australia in the future. So it's not a static network, it's, a, it's, a very, much, a very, it's very much a dynamic network. We want to build capacity and capability over the coming years. We want uh, the Hill Network to expand and and uh, uh, and bring together uh, and collaborate with uh, a number of other initiatives and organizations and uh, and, and nourish the a, a young generation, a new generation of researchers and practitioners, uh, doctors, uh, students, uh, uh, community members, the youths who are interested in this space, which is essential. It's essential. It's the, the future. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Doctors for the Environment Australia podcast. In this episode, you've heard from Professor Satiris Varulakis about the HEAL Network, which stands for the Healthy Environments and Lives Network. As always, you can find more information in the show notes. We look forward to you joining us next time.